0: Thank you, worship team. Can we give the Lord a hand, praise this morning, because he's so good. How many are really happy that you made it to church this morning? Amen. We conquered the sheets and the pillows, and we hopped into our car, or four by four, excuse me, right? Lifted truck, and we made it to church. And we're so glad that you did. We're so glad you made the effort this morning to be here with us. And so if you go with me real quick to the book of John, chapter 1. To the book of John chapter 1, we're going to be reading a few verses here this morning. John chapter 1, verses 35 through 49. And I woke up with a little bit of extra juice this morning, so if I sound excited, just get excited with me. Don't leave me by myself. Amen? All right. Thank you, left side. Thank you. John chapter 1, verse 35 through 49, and it reads like this. Again the next day John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated, teacher where are you where are you staying and he said to them come and see they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day now it was about the 10th hour one of the two who heard john speak and followed him was andrew simon peter's brother He first found his own brother Simon and said to him we have found the Messiah which is translated the Christ and he brought him to Jesus now when Jesus looked at him he said you are Simon the son of Jonah you shall be called Caiaphas which is translated a stone the following day Jesus wanted to go to Galilee and he found Philip and he said to him follow me now Philip was from Bethsaida the city of Andrew and Peter and Philip Found Nathaniel and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said to him, behold, an Israelite indeed. Another version says, a true Israelite in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to Jesus, how do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to come together in this place, this space, God, that we can come together as a community, as a family, Lord, to be able to draw strength from you, from your word, Lord, to God, that our hearts would be open, that we would understand your word in a different way, Lord, that, we, that our, our relationship with you would strengthen, Lord, and our friendships with the people around us would strengthen. So we thank you for this place. This place, God. We ask that you would speak to us and you would speak through us here this morning that our hearts and minds would be receptive of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Aside from being in my own house, I don't know about you, but I'm a homebody. I'm an introvert at heart, and so I know it's kind of like, well, what are you doing up there if you're an introvert? Trust me, it takes a lot, Uh, but uh, we're doing what God has called us to do. But uh, other than being at home, I love being in the house of God. And so what an incredible Sunday we had last Sunday. Amen? (laughs) Thank you, left side. Um, and, and next Sunday, you guys sit over here, that way it kind of evens out. What, what an incredible Sunday we had uh, for all the volunteers that made it happen behind the scenes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, right? Uh, and so my topic this morning with all of you all is simply this, underdogs. He sees you, underdogs, because we have all felt like an underdog. All right, they're moving already, Yes. Uh, We have all felt, right, at some point or another in our lives like an underdog. Amen? Are you with me? Can I buy an amen this morning? Thank you. Whether it was on a team, like a literal team, like you're, you felt like your team was an underdog or whether it was applying for a job, right? You knew you weren't the best qualified in the room, but you felt like an underdog, but you still submitted the application. And in Jesus' mighty name, right, you prayed over that application. Uh, whether it was in life in general, we feel like underdogs, it's like no matter what season you're in or the circumstances, you feel like you're at a disadvantage, Anybody ever felt like that? Now, the scriptures we read gives us this account of Jesus getting his team together. And it just seems that the people Jesus is gathering are, are all underdogs. And then we get to Nathaniel, which is kind of the core of the message this morning. In this particular moment, when, when Nathaniel asks Jesus, how do you know about me? And Jesus' response was, I saw you under the fig tree. And so the, this, this message this morning is for the overlooked, the underqualified the not good enough, the overwhelmed, the borderline I'm about to lose my peace and my mind, that uh, the the Jesus, if you don't do something soon, I don't know what's going to happen. This morning, the message is for the underdogs. And to you, I simply say, Jesus sees you. See, and I thought about how we live in a culture that celebrates calling others out for their mistakes, that we find more interesting and entertaining is someone else's failures rather than their achievements. that We we have what seems to be people intentionally digging up the past so that you don't get to walk through the door of the opportunity, the the cancel culture. We would rather watch someone get killed than get saved. Are you with me? In fact, they made it a career out of publicizing people's bad moments. It's the paparazzi. It's the paparazzi. It's like everyone seems to be infatuated with bringing up the bad moments or bad seasons of your life. That no matter what you have done to correct it or to move on, someone somewhere will make sure that you don't forget that you have a past. Like, I don't know about you, but even Facebook will bring up the past. Amen. And I I know I know for some, for the most part, it's good memories, but then maybe it's not the case for everyone. We live in a culture that likes to call out the failures rather than the achievements of a person. And I wonder what would happen in the midst of our community, our tribe, in the midst of us in Peck City, if we started calling out the positive things out of each other. That even when you don't feel like a champion, we'll call you champion. Right? That even when you don't feel beautiful, we'll still call you beautiful. That even when you feel rejected, we'll still call you my brother, my sister. That even when you feel lost, we'll say, welcome home. That when you feel like a failure, we'll call you a genius, we'll call you a success, we'll call out the greatness inside of you. That even when you feel empty, we'll declare that you are full of his love and full of his mercy. That even when your bank statement says you're broke, we'll declare that you are the righteousness of God and that you are an heir of His heavenly riches. But not only that, stay with me, but because we're a family, we'll, we'll sow into your lives if that's what God is calling us to do. The way people will encounter Jesus through you and me, and if uh, it is through you and me, and if all we say is our thoughts and prayers are with you, but we don't act then we're a disservice to the true gospel. Because I find that what Jesus did more than preach and teach was to give. He gave of himself. He gave what he had. He lived a life of generosity. And that's, what, that's the mentality that we should have. And the mentality is this. His living generously gave way to living victoriously. His living generously gave way to living victoriously. So I wonder what would change in our lives if we chose to live generously. And some of you are scared. You're already holding onto your wallet and your purse because you think we're going to take up an offering. No, 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 no. Relax. Relax. <laughs> what would happen if you made time for that one friend you know is struggling right now this week? That you would call them or text them and say, hey, let's have lunch or let's have dinner. And just be there for them and hear them out. And be a reflection of Jesus in that moment. Not to call them out on their failures but to call them out on their greatness inside of them and to let them know that it's not over yet. What would happen if we chose to speak life into people's lives instead instead of speaking about people's lives? What would happen if we lived a generous life with those around us and those that we are called to? His living generously gave way to living victoriously. And maybe that's the key to your victory in the area you're battling in. See, I love that Jesus calls out Nathaniel, and Nathaniel is kind of sort of surprised that Philip is saying he's the one that they've been waiting for because he's from Nazareth. In fact, Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Like, Philip, are you sure he's the one because, I mean, it's Nazareth. I mean, it's not Jerusalem, it's not Galilee, it's Nazareth, are you sure? But that's why I say this message is for the un- underdogs, because it's not that Nazareth needed to be put on the map. Oh no, it's, it's far more significant than that. See, I think Jesus does this purposely. The last place people would think the Savior of the world would come from would be Nazareth. And he chooses Nazareth to let you know that I will go to the least of the places to find you. The places you think you can get out of, I will go there and rescue you. The places that at times we think are too dirty for us, Jesus, without hesitation, will go there to rescue the one. And maybe some of us are in Nazareth, a.k.a. Odessa, and no one is expecting something good to come out of your life, out of your household, Out of you. No one is expecting you to recover. No one is expecting you to survive. No one is expecting you to make a comeback of sorts. Nazareth is is basically the cemetery of what could have been but never was. But out of Nazareth came King Jesus, the comeback king. Which then makes us the comeback kids. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, I'm a comeback kid. Tell your neighbor, I'm a comeback kid. I'm a comeback kid. Tell your neighbor, I'm a comeback kid. (laughs) Okay, okay, we'll get there one day. The life giver. The star breather, talk to me, church. The restorer of all things, the majestic one, the one who holds all things together in the palm of his hands, the God of the underdogs. When Nathaniel when was Nathaniel surprised that Jesus even knows him, his first response was, how do you know me? How do you know about me? Because what I think took him by surprise was not just the fact that Jesus knew him, but Jesus really knew him. And he calls him a true Israelite, or an Israelite indeed. And I'm thinking, like, what are the qualifications that Nathaniel have that others who were also born in Israel didn't have, and therefore he was considered a true Israelite? Are you with me? Because I think the only qualification by default, right, uh, to be uh, to be a true Israelite is to be born in Israel. But Jesus is saying something more than that. He's speaking to the core of who Nathaniel is, okay? And if you notice, Jesus is calling him out, but not in the way you and I are used to. What made him different from the others wasn't the fact that he was, stay with me, faultless. It wasn't that Nathaniel was faultless because Nathaniel was human and he wasn't perfect. So it wasn't that he was faultless. It was that he was false-less. There was nothing false in Nathaniel. See, Nathaniel was one of those people that lived life without a filter. What you see is what you get. No filter? What? He didn't use no bunny ears filter? No blemish eraser filter? No make me pretty filter? No add some freckles on my cheeks filter? Yeah. Nathaniel was one of those weird people (laughs) that didn't use a filter. He was true to who he was, and he wasn't going to pretend to be someone he wasn't or pretend to have what he didn't have. What made him true, hear me now, what made him true in the eyes of Jesus was that he was false less, not faultless. See, I think we fall into the pit of pleasing others so much so that we lose who we really are and what we are called to in this journey. And our journey becomes to please those in the crowd. Because truth is, God can get past all your mistakes. God can get past all your failures. God can get past all your shortcomings and everything else. He can get past that, I assure you. But hear me, God will not get past our falseness. Maybe you've heard it said this way, he cannot bless who you pretend to be. See, and the irony in that is that in a world where our mistakes, our blemishes are despised and ridiculed, Jesus wants us scars and all. Jesus loves us in spite of. Jesus calls us regardless of what may have happened because what is about to happen in your life will change the course of history. I'll say that again till you believe me because what is about to happen in your life will change the course of history. And I know what you're thinking. My life changed the course of history. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And my ridiculous answer this morning to you is yes. Yes. Your life can change the course of history. Yes. Something good can come out of Nazareth. I'm a comeback kid. And he's a God God of the underdog. Jesus doesn't just call Nathanael out, but he calls out the good in Nathanael. What if we did that amongst us? What if our language changed from accusation, condemnation, to affirmation, from gossiping to just the true gospel? See, what we may not realize is that we have an incredible opportunity right now. We have the opportunity to create a culture in this place. And every culture has a language that is an expression of the culture. So what will the language be of Impact City Church? Will it be one that calls out the failures and mistakes of those around us? Or will it be one that calls out the good, the great of those around us? That calls out the very best out of you, even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel, feel like it, even when you don't believe it. See, we cannot afford to settle in average and mediocrity because what you have inside of you, what you carry, isn't this passive, nonchalant, sera, sera, way of living. No. <laughs> I want to be the type of tribe that speaks life into each other. A tribe in which its love is so pure and holy that just a hug can cause a breakthrough in someone's life. A tribe whose words are charged with life and purpose. That just a simple conversation can be the thing that reroutes someone's life from a dead end to their destiny. Are you with me, church? Nathaniel had no idea that Jesus had even seen him before. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when Nathaniel sits under a fig tree by himself. See, the truth is some of us have no idea that Jesus sees you. Even while you sit under the fig tree. I want you to know, I want you to know this morning that he sees you. He sees you. He knows that there's a struggle going on within. And it's taken away you from your focus and your life and your peace and maybe a little bit of your sanity. But he sees you. And when it seems that no one sees you, he sees you. When you feel like you've been overlooked time and time again, he sees you. When it feels like you've been forgotten by those you've invested time in and energy in, Jesus sees you. And even when life's greatest moments seem to have passed you by, he sees you. And if he sees you, if he sees you, your story isn't over yet. See, don't mistake the battle you're in as a sign of punishment. You need to know, the, you need to know that the blessing sometimes is the battle itself. See, we're so used to seeing the blessing after the battle the, that the spoils is what we consider the blessing. But that's not always the case. Sometimes you and I need to see that the blessing is the battle. That the very fact that we are in a battle is an indicator that we have life. So think with me, the battle that Jacob has with the angel of the Lord, it wasn't a punishment. That battle changed his life. It was that battle that didn't let Jacob settle for average or mediocrity. God was calling Jacob out, but he was also calling out the good out of Jacob. And God is calling you out. But he's also calling out the good in you. Not only the good or the invisible, but he's calling out the impossible out of you. And yet Jesus tells Nathaniel, I saw you. I saw you while you sat under the fig tree. And in case you haven't figured it out yet, the true underdog in this story isn't even Nathaniel? isn't even the disciple. It's actually Jesus from Nazareth. Jesus was overlooked. They didn't even think he was the one that was prophesied about. They didn't want to believe that he was the Messiah. He just didn't look the part. They counted him out, overlooked him, rejected him, despised him. He was the underdog everywhere he went. And what blows my mind is that when Jesus tells Nathanael, I saw you under the fig tree, my point of view is that Jesus was reminded of Genesis. And what took place and his statement of, I saw you to Nathanael, changes the entire narrative of the story of humanity. Because in Genesis, it was, where are you? God asking Adam as if he didn't know, where are you? Adam, meaning humanity, where are you? But in the book of John, it's no longer where are you? It's Jesus saying, I saw you. I see you. And he saw you because he is close to you. My eyes have been set on you, on the one whom I love. I saw you, Nathaniel. So let those words sink in. Jesus, just three words, Jesus sees you. Wherever you're at, Jesus sees you. The roller coaster of emotion you're riding on, Jesus sees you. And in closing, Brother George can help me. 52 hertz, 52 hertz, 52 hertz comes from the sound that was discovered in the vastness of the ocean as they were looking to hear sounds of submarines during the Cold War era over 30 years ago. And as the U.S. military was attempting to listen to Soviet submarines and pinpoint their locations, they heard a sound at a frequency that was unusual. So unusual that they could could not confirm that sound at that frequency to anything they had ever heard before. At that moment, as far as they knew, that was something completely new to them. Whatever it was, it was an unknown creature making this sound in the vastness of the ocean. So Christopher Clark was the name of the man that went on the hunt to find what was creating this unique sound of frequency 52 hertz and later he came to find that this particular sound of frequency that measured at 52 hertz was from a whale in the vastness of the ocean there was one whale that was producing a sound that measured 52 hertz which didn't make sense because whales vocalized between 10 and 39 hertz if it's a blue whale and 20 Hertz, if it's a fin whale. So between 10 and 39 is the common frequency for whales to communicate. But there was one that was operating at 52 Hertz. So stay with me, please. So while there are communities of whales communicating at a frequency that each one cannot only hear, but also understands there's this one whale that cannot hear the voices. And because this particular whale cannot hear the voices, because they are operating at a different frequency, he does not know that a community of whales exists. This whale has been labeled the loneliest whale. That although technically other whales do in fact exist, they don't exist in his level of frequency. In the vastness of the ocean, there swims a whale that is surrounded by communities of whales, but at the same time cannot find them, cannot become part of them, because the sound, the frequency is different. So I wonder how many times do you and I feel like this? We are surrounded by communities, and yet we feel isolated. We feel alone. That while everyone else is communicating at 37 hertz, there you are operating at 52 hertz. And no one can hear you. No one can find you. And you can't hear no one else. And you feel like you're alone. And although you try to communicate with others, you're not connecting with them. That as you talk to those around you, the words get lost in translation. Are you with me? It's those seasons that something just doesn't click. Like something is off in my life and I don't know what it is. I'm doing everything I know that I'm supposed to do, and God, it just feels like I'm off. I'm communicating, but I'm not connecting. When I talk, it gets lost in translation. It's those seasons that something just doesn't click. Like, life doesn't feel the same. The song that always hit home doesn't hit home anymore. You see things differently and you wonder, what is wrong with me? <laughs> what is wrong with me? What was once familiar to you, now just feels foreign to you, it feels strange. What was once a staple in your life, now it just feels strange to you. And you just feel separated from the rest. You feel like you're sitting under a fig tree by yourself while Jesus and the disciples are walking by. You feel like a well operating at 52 hertz while there are communities of wells operating at 37 hertz. That in the vastness of planet Earth, you feel alone you feel like there is no one out there that can get me that can understand me that can love me for who i am and give me a second chance could it be that you're operating at 52 hertz while everyone else is operating at 37 hertz Hear me. But where the separation isn't for punishment, but for progress. Not for punishment, but for preparation of what is to come. And what is to come is your greatest comeback. We are the comeback kids because Jesus from Nazareth is the comeback Death couldn't defeat him. The tomb couldn't contain him. He was the underdog from Nazareth that overcame. I'm a comeback kid. Would you say that with me this morning? I'm a comeback kid. Say it with your chest, I'm a comeback kid. (laughs) We serve a comeback king. He sees you. He sees you. Under a fig tree, he sees you. In the vastness of the ocean, he sees you. While you're operating at 52 hertz, he hears you. Others might not be able to hear you, but he hears you. He sees you. And if he sees you, it's because he's close. 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 He's close. So maybe you find yourself Sitting under the shade of shame, he sees you. And while you try to hide in the garden of guilt, he sees you. And while you feel lost in the vastness of humanity, he sees you. While everyone else is operating at 37 hertz and you're operating at 52 hertz, he sees you and he hears you, he sees you. Three words, he sees you. He sees you. Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you. We will be a community that loves on you, that speaks life into you. Even when you can't go, we'll carry you, if we have to. Your comeback starts today. How do you know about me, Jesus? I saw you, but I was I was sitting under the fig tree alone. I saw you. You didn't even know I had seen you, but I saw you. Not only do I see you, but I know you, Nathaniel. You're a true Israelite. It's not that you're sinless, faultless. It's that you're false-less. There's nothing false about you. And I can do something with that. While everyone is operating at a different level, frequency, here we are at 52 hertz. And what if God is calling us But if God is calling you higher, he sees you. And I just want to encourage you with some good news. Three words, that's it. Three words, that's it. He sees you. And I want to boldly declare this season a comeback season. A comeback season in your life. In every area of your life, it's a comeback season. Would you bow your heads where you're at? He sees you. God, I know you're doing something in our hearts this morning just one gaze in the master's eyes can change everything. Lord, you see us while we hide under the shade of sin. You see us. And we stay away because we feel guilty. We feel we're full of shame. We feel like I don't think God can forgive me this time. Like I really, really blew it this time. And Jesus says to you this morning, I see you, I see you, I see you. And it's your comeback season. You're a comeback kid. Regardless of the circumstances or even the the messy situations, even the emotional turmoil you are facing and struggling with, it's you're a comeback kid. You're a comeback kid. And he sees you. He sees the real you. Hear me. Jesus sees the real you and he still loves you. <laughs> See, because some of us can't stand the sight of looking at our reflection in a mirror because we see all our defects we see all our shortcut means we see all our blemishes and we have to add filters and we look away and jesus <laughs> looks at us face to face and says i love you no strings attached. I love you. I see you. I saw you. I love you. And Lord, so I pray this morning, God, that I know we just came from an a, a incredible Easter Sunday service, Lord. And I know maybe Monday came, God, and some of us just hit rock bottom. There was a, a drop off lord that we were not expecting we heard news that we weren't expecting we we reverted back to our old ways and we weren't expecting that but i pray that they would hear this message with their hearts that this word would hit home to some of them that jesus sees you that you're a comeback kid because he's the comeback king he's the comeback king. He sees you. He sees you. He sees you. And I know that there are some here, Lord, that this morning begins a new chapter. The the, the page is turned and the new chapter begins, God, and their comeback begins today and we will celebrate it. We will celebrate with them, Lord. We thank you for those lives that you are touching, that you are changing, that you are challenging, God, that you see us. Thank you for seeing us, Lord, when we thought you had forgotten about us. Thank you for hearing us when we thought nobody could hear us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.